All right. Cool, cool. It all syncs up. So shall I, shall I go ahead and do an intro for us? Sounds good. Uh, hang on. Uh, save draft. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first part of the Scanline Media Game of the Year 2015 conversation. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, we're going to be doing this in, I, I guess, probably two halves, maybe three parts, because I don't know how long the second part is going to go. But this first part here is what we call the Scanline Media Gimmick Awards, which is basically there are a couple of smaller categories where we wanted to award people before we get to proper game of the year. My name is Colin Detmar. I am Scanline Media's editor-in-chief, and I am joined by my two co-workers and friends. Co-workers? That's a good way to put this. Go ahead, Johnny. I'm John Iniska. I'm the podcast guy. Despite Technical being director. Really shit at being <laughs> at talking into a microphone, as you can hear. I am really good at creating awkward silences, which Colin loves. Yeah, I love editing those out. It's pretty great. Um, you say that even though, to... yeah, I edit most things. You edit most things. When I edit them, I edit those out. <laughs> um, I'm Ben. Un- edit them oh. down. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, um, I'm Ben Uncle. I am also editor in chief. I guess. I think your senior editor is what we settled on. Okay, that works. Should we discuss this? <laughs> yeah, I, I basically right. proofread most of the stuff that comes through, and uh, I prefer doing articles mostly over video or anything else. Yeah, whereas Johnny and I, I think, prefer generally the podcast side of things. Um, though writing is good. Anyway. Podcasting so. is easy. We have five categories for you today for our gimmick awards. And I think the order we have them in is not the order we're going to do them in. I think we should probably do, like, easiest for us to figure out to least easy for us to figure it out. So I think we should start with best idea. Okay. Okay, what do we have here? We have a very small list here, so we're going to have to have, like, one winner or something. Makes sense. We could do, we could do one winner and two runners-up. Probably. That's we more should... than half the list. Yep. That's fine with me. Okay, sure. So we have five nominees this year. We have Ori and the Blind Forest, and specifically the idea that we like from that game is the idea of a more platforming focused Metroidvania. We have Crypt of the Necrodancer, and we like the idea of a rhythm roguelike. We have Undertale, and we're a big fan of that combat system. Some of us, anyway. <laughs> we have her story, mostly just the game. Um, the way that game is constructed is a good idea. And we have Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, for which I would say the same thing. So, guys. Yes? Ori and the Blind Forest doesn't win. Correct. It's a platformer in Metroidvania, and we have seen a ton of those. Have we? Yeah. I don't. I think it. The it's it's. We've seen Metroidvanias that include platforming. In fact, they usually do. Base, the that's way, basically a part of the genre, but yes, but the way it implements platforming, I think, is is more focused than than most of those. Yeah, that's... but I still don't think the idea is unique enough. 
the entire thing with Ori is that most of the mechanics are have nothing to do with combat and are entirely based on platforming. Mm-hmm. Ah. So it's kind of like a Prince of Persia, Metroidvania type thing then? Like, the the tool set you have has ha, feels more like the tool set for a Super Meat Boy style game than the tool set for a Metroid. Oh, that sounds really interesting, said, actually. I, it's... It has some flaws in its execution. Yeah, it it has some significant flaws in its execution. I've been writing about them. That's not up yet, but it will go up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think with the other contenders on this list, I don't think it wins. I would agree with that. Yeah, Johnny, what do you think? I think there's three better ideas on this list, yes? Okay. Ori in the Blind Forest is eliminated. We need one more elimination. Yes. What are you guys leaning towards? I mean, I... I so, I played her story recently. Nothing about that game appeals to me at all. Like, honestly, like, I think it's just... It just completely bored me. I felt like the interface and the way it was structured was just really frustrating. Like, I get that you want to place a limitation upon uh, upon how you can search through these documents, but unlike, say, Analog Hate Story, where... Uh, where that, those limitations felt interesting. In her story, I just felt like I was using a system that's literally worse than any real database archiving software that has ever existed. See, for me, the the way that her story is structured is absolutely brilliant. Like, the way that the story is written and weaves into the mechanics makes it so that every single... Almost every single clip that you find will somehow restructure your thoughts on how it's on how the story is actually playing out. Like being limited being limited to five searches at once means that you constantly have to listen to what's going on, take notes, and really think about which keywords might pop something up. And you have so many little brilliant moments of I just wrote this random word down and I'm gonna see where it leads and oh, wow, it brought me to this place that I never, ever expected to go, and it's completely reshaped the way that I'm thinking about this case. And and also, also, this isn't game of the year or even best execution of an idea. This is best idea. Yeah. Okay, so and... I have two large problems with this. The first one is that the the keyword thing is taking takes me out of actually listening to what they are saying as a narrative and more as a like let's find a word that they haven't mentioned before and search for that one mm-hmm. that, that and I've, I that takes me completely out of the story secondly uh, like the <sighs> I completely forgot what my second point was <laughs> but yeah I, I find that it just completely takes me out of it I think it's a bad idea I think that's a good point. And I think it is like it is inherent to the idea. 
right? The idea of searching for these keywords inherently means you are listening for keywords instead of necessarily meaning. I, I remember my uh, second point now. Uh, this listening to a keyword, like, and, and searching by keywords and only getting five answers at a time, like, while that on paper is, like, an interesting uh, interesting restriction to have, to me it just feels thematically completely just completely inconsistent with the, the thematics of what you are supposed to be doing here. The, uh, as far as I can tell, there's no narrative justification for why these the clips are hidden away in such a such a stupid way that only hinders the investigation you are supposed to be carrying out. I think there can be some arguments made either way, but I don't think... Ultimately, I don't think that's relevant, because I don't think that's the idea. I don't think the interface not totally working is the idea of her story. I think it's the execution of her story. Yeah, and the execution is... In my mind, the phenomenal. I, the I, the idea. I, I am kind of with Johnny. I think the execution is kind of botched, but it doesn't really matter for this topic. This topic is the execution of the idea of basically a search engine game. Yeah. I, 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 I am not convinced that I will ever not find this incredibly frustrating. I mean. It's totally, like, you could totally never find it not frustrating the way it makes you listen for keywords, but, like, there could absolutely be a game where it shows you all the documents and then you search within that to narrow it down. Like, the the problems you are addressing, it is, I think, pretty clear, there's a pretty clear path to changing that, and I, maybe I they mean, wouldn't I mean, nail it that way either. There, there was a game that did basically that. It already came out before this game. It was called Analoga Hate Story. No, that's not true. Well, okay. Analog a hate story. You met analog a hate story. You you searched for data codes. You didn't search for keywords in emails because that didn't work. Sure, it wasn't you search, keywords. You searched you searched for like HG zero zero seven six, which is like a completely different idea. And also, analog a hate story is more built around uncovering things to interact with an AI at, at the center of things. It's not nece- it's not really searching for. It's not really searching through something that has already happened that is all in the past and you have no control over. This is something I that... I think that actually is totally... Let's to- like, analog a hate story is things that happened in the past and getting an AI's reaction to it currently. Like, there is someone else reading these old files with you, but the events happened. Yeah. Yeah, well, at the same time, you are actually doing things outside of that interface. You are... You are saving a ship from being, um, of running out of oxygen and things like that. But the fact that it has other systems doesn't change the fact that it contains an idea. True. Like, I, I feel like we're getting caught up on the, on the concept of this whole topic. The concept of this topic is a specific idea that a game had that we liked. Uh, I, and... I don't think that the the thing that separates her story's idea from, say, analog hate story's idea is remarkable, and especially analogs. Especially not compared to the rest, the rest of this list. I might agree with you compared to the rest of this list. I'm not totally sure. But, like, Analog doesn't have anything... Like, I don't feel like Analog system is even remotely like this. Like, the fact that you can search for a file name is not anything like searching for keywords. It has a complete... Like, 
in analog, if you know exactly what you're looking for, you can find it. That's not what her story is about. Her story is about finding a clue and finding like finding things that are based on that clue, where it leads you. Analog is if you know the name of a file, you can type it in, and that's nothing like this. Also, um... I don't entirely agree, but to uh, to extrapolate on why would be in, would be spoiling things for a game that is that isn't part of this this list. <laughs> Okay, um, then let's just go back to, as an idea, uh, just going back on topic as an idea, I think that, I think that her story is a much more interesting idea than Keep Talking, Nobody Explodes. Nope. Yeah, no, no way, no way. <laughs> no way. I, I mean, if that is the argument, then her story loses. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. For those who are not aware of it, the idea is that the person with the game is sitting in front of a computer and is presented with a bomb with various ma- modules that they must solve. And then the other players are, do not see the computer screen, but have a bomb manual and help them solve it. It is a board game-like idea. And board games are... Johnny knows more about this than I do, can probably put it more eloquently... But board games are a medium where if you don't have a good idea, it doesn't work. Board games are all about a good idea, and Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is an idea worthy of a board game. The idea is completely the star of that game. It's... I don't entirely agree with what you say about board games. It's less about an idea and more about you have one, two, maybe three mechanics in most board games, and those have to be extremely on point. Mm-hmm. That's that's a better way of putting it. But like you don't there's no room for chaff in board games. If you have chaff in your board game, your board game does not do well or or doesn't deserve to. At there, least. There, there are some exceptions, but as a general rule, you you compared to video games it is true that you have no room at all for chaff. For me though. And I think the key Oh sorry. Go, sorry, go ahead. No, go well, ahead. I was going to say it's it's a, it's an original idea and all that. I just feel like, ultimately, the way that it works, the the limitations of having, of having something that is like that through multiple playthroughs, means that, eventually, the part where, the interesting part of it, where you're fumbling for these things you don't even know how to describe properly. Sorry. <coughs> Um, that you don't know how to describe properly, it's it disappears over time as you get better and better at it. And I feel like that, even in our short time playing the, it live that one time, it became less and less enjoyable as I was getting better at it. I think I... I mean... I think that's true. I think that's more to do with the execution than the idea. Let's be clear, I, because the idea here is not... <laughs> The idea here is not like this finite manual with these exact things. The the cool idea here is that one player is seeing some is seeing something that the other players cannot see at all and that player has to has to with words describe what they are seeing and it's a communication game that way. Yeah, I and also like also keep talking isn't limited by that. Like right now when the first time you boot up the game it says, punch in the code on your manual. Because the game is built for them to release more modules and more manuals. The game is built to be expandable. And, like, there are still stuff like, I almost never see 
Morse code, right? There's a Morse code module in that game, and I almost never see it. And when I see it, as much as I play, I played like I don't know a couple of hours of that game, and still, when I see a Morse a Morse code module, I'm like, uh, fuck, it's it's dots, it's oh wait, uh, it's it's J, is there a J? Like that one still completely baffles me. And, like, I think that there's still room for that to happen, even though I'm used to the game. They can release new modules and new expansions. I think the idea is not inherently limited. Okay. So I think, keep talking, I might say it wins this category. I definitely think it's top three. Yeah, I thought that we were going to be unanimous on that one, actually. (laughs) I did too. Fine, as a idea, I, I think that it's pretty good. Execution, okay. I'm kind of mixed on, but ideas, yeah. Okay. Um, so the two we haven't topped, talked about are Crypt of the Necrodancer and Undertale. Um, we need one more cut, you guys. Um, it would be hard for me to say Crypt of the Necrodancer belongs here because... I don't know, I feel like roguelikes have... I'm already burning out on them on such a rapid rate, and the idea of another one of those with the daily challenges and all that stuff, and the main difference just being you have to move to the rhythm. It's not... It's. It doesn't really... It's not as original as all the other options here. I think I agree. I, I, I don't agree with the full statement. Like, I love roguelikes... Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see another, and I like Crypt of the Necrodancer a lot. But the idea of, let's just set this to a beat, like, that's a good idea. I don't think it's as good as the other ideas on this list. Yeah, I should say, I haven't actually played Crypt of the Necrodancer other than a... I think they released some sort of freeware thing on it at some point, like a demo or something that I played. I mean, certainly that's enough to get the idea. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think that the idea in Crypt of the Necrodancer is a really good one. It doesn't go as far as uh, as Keep Talking or Undertale. And I I mean I I don't I I don't like her stories idea the way that you two do. But you two the but whether I like it or not, it's a more it's a more ambitious idea. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean that's part of like I feel like part of the spirit of this award is something that we think about differently than a lot of other outlets, which is we really want games to be more ambitious, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something that a lot of games... Like, I'm looking at our Game of the Year list, and there are not a ton of AAA games on here. Because, in general, they lack ambition, and that bums me out. Yeah. So, be ambitious, you guys. Um... So Kurt, our, our top three, it looks like, are Undertale, Her Story, and Keep Talking. What do each of you want as the number one spot? Keep Talking. I would like Keep Talking as well. Likewise. Okay. Then our, our winner for Best Idea for Scanline Media's Gimmick Awards 2015 is Keep Talking, with runners-up Undertale and Her Story. All right. That went on much longer than I think any of us were planning. (laughs) Yeah. I Um, I told you, this this is going to be longer than you thought thought it was going to be. Well, you know, 
We we may have to to take a break in the middle and then come back. Um, at least we should do one more award, probably more than that, but we'll see. Oh, okay. we'll we'll keep going until I'm passing out in my chair. Okay, so let's talk about the best story this year. Okay. Let me explain to you why the answer is Undertale. No, wait. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Our nominees this year, we have six. We have a Her Story, Undertale, Life is Strange, The Beginner's Guide, Soma, and Read-Only Memories. Are we going with cutting it again first, or are we going to list the Cutting is usually the, the most efficient way to do this. Okay. If we wanted to make it take longer, we could not do that. <laughs> but we've got work to do. So, um, do we want to take turns, or is like I feel strongly about a suggestion of a cut? Do you guys feel strongly about one? Yes. Okay, uh, Ben, you can go first. As much as I love, I pretty much love all six. Oh, I don't love all six of these games on the list, but I feel <laughs> I feel like all six of them have incredibly strong stories. Just getting out of that out of the way because. I'm going to have to be brutal and say read-only memories does not make it. I completely agree. I agree. I feel like it has... I feel like it's a really interesting story and it really swept me up and... it. But it's also... It's more about the characters it's by numbers the story, I think. In a way. It, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great narrative experience, I would say. But I feel like that's... Yeah, a lot of that is on the strength of its characters and on the fact that like that style of game doesn't get made very much anymore it's actual story i don't think is that great and i think like it's worth noting we have a category coming up for best new character so there will be a time for characters to shine Mm -hmm. we are like usa characters welcome (laughs) we didn't get sponsored for that (laughs) (laughs) i I am really really confused like i'm lacking the cultural context for this (laughs) That is, uh, USA is a channel, a TV channel, which is basically full of, of, like, I don't know, how would you describe shows like that? Like, basically, like, the daytime equivalent of Page Turner shows, and their slogan is Characters Welcome. It's basically shows about beautiful people walking in beautiful environments, doing quirky things. Like, it's where Burn Notice had its thing, and it's where, uh, that... There's some medical show in Hawaii, and all of them are just set in these nice places about these... Definitely not paid for this. Yeah. This is a like criticism you're... as much as it is a description, because I find it kind of yeah. vapid at times, because they just find a bunch of attractive people to walk around and say quirky things. I, I feel like I, you're I, describing I... the British Sherlock show as well as House right now. It's, it's mu- they would fit right in. The but... shows are much darker than what USA <laughs> usually true. does. We are super off topic right now. Yes, okay. we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Johnny, do you feel strongly about any cuts? I don't think the beginner's guide uh, makes this. Mm, okay, it's, it's going to be... I feel like you might be right about that, but also... I just feel really strongly about the way that that handles the story because it kind of starts out in a very Stanley parable sort of way where it's taking you through this quirky person's creations or what you think it is. And uh, it's okay to do spoilers, right? Because we're talking about story. Yes. Um, yes. Absolutely. But, yeah. So like just loud and proud. 
Guys, spoiler warning. Okay, it's ba- it's basically about the on its face, it's about this creator of levels um, that uh, Davy Redren, the guy who wrote the Stanley Parable, knew. But as it goes on, it turns out that his relationship to this person who he paints as this somewhat brilliant auteur who is very misunderstood and likes to work in the shadows is basically Davy's self-projection onto this. And as it completely... The very last level of that is basically something where... It basically turns out that Davy has been manipulating the games and submitting them without this person's permission. And the very last level is built in a way that to advance, you have to do the thing he's been doing all along. And you basically get to watch his... You you get to watch Davy's realization at the same time as this person is telling him to stop and leave him alone. And it's this most... it's the most cutthroat. It it just hit me like a, a ton of bricks because you just get hit with the whole breath of this narrator's loneliness, and it's the one of the most intense feelings I've ever had playing a game like this. I I I, I like a lot of what it's going for. I'm not sure all of it is is executed that well upon, like. Uh... It's basically about um, um, some kind of relationship, either a friendship or something, either a friendship or something romantic that's like very asymmetrical, as in Davis, Davy has a completely different view of the relationship than the other person. And the other person might be made up, or it might be a real person, or it might just be a metaphor for another part of Davy himself. And... I, I, I don't know. I, 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 that I all think sounds like top three material to me. It, it, I haven't played this. It's a really good idea, but I... I, I let me put it this way. I'm looking at the rest of this list, and that seems like top three material. Fair. Very fair. Um, I, I, I think I think it's the fourth best here. Hey, <laughs> are, are you suggesting... Okay, never mind. We'll get to that later. Um, but, yeah. Let's put, let's, put, let's put a little, like, we'll come back to this, Mark. Okay. Um, I, thought the, I thought Life is Strange's story wasn't that good. I stopped playing that game because I didn't care. Oh man! Like, okay, I'm just gonna put this out there. I, I, my top three here is Undertale, Life is Strange, and Soma. Yeah, I figured that was. You know what? I think we cut her story because I don't think either. Either I, I think the execution of her story is what's interesting. I don't think its story is that special, and I'm pretty sure Johnny agrees with that. I, 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 even, I you don't even like the execution. Like, I, to me, it's like I got like ten video clips in, and I went, "No, I don't care at all about this. This didn't grab me." I, so I think we cut her. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. At least say your, at least yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna. Say, I was just gonna say, um, I agree with the three of you because I. I do like the story, and I think that my ultimate interpretation of it is pretty interesting, but the... 
is a pretty interesting story about the way that uh, one of one of the narratives that she puts out during one of the interviews is completely out of there in the most insane way ever. Like it's, we're talking about something that would never in a million years happen. It is something that's basically out of a child's fairy tale, and fairy tales are very much a theme of that of that story. But the suspension of disbelief, it's too out there to... The whole point is for her story to be very ambiguous in terms of you're supposed to... You're supposed to try and figure out what she's lying about and what she's telling the truth about. And if it's even the same person in the room and that part of the story completely falls flat and fails to uphold the rest of it. Okay. Yeah, I think we cut it, and now this gets down to Undertale, Life is Strange, The Beginner's Guide, and Soma. And I feel real good about Undertale and Soma. I didn't play The Beginner's Guide. I don't care about Life is Strange. I don't care. To me, I feel like... like... I want to cut The Beginner's Guide. I would be fine with cutting Soma. Yeah, it's um, that's a really tough choice for me because I really like both the Beginner's Guide and Soma. The, the thing I will say about Soma is that sometimes the way that it's structured, I, I think it's really fascinating that there can be a, a psychological horror game that in between moments the character will just start debating existence and stuff like that with his robotic follower, but, um, well, counterpart, really, but it's, it's one of those things where sometimes it kind of feels like it's laying on a bit thick, like I'm sitting in a psychology 101 class in the middle of playing a psychological horror game. So sometimes, Let me... sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's too heavy handed. Sometimes it's, uh, it takes way too long to get somewhere. And I think the the horror part of that game just gets in the way of the part I care about. And I really like the story, but I don't like it as much as I like the story in Undertale and Life is Strange. Let me ask you this. Is it that you like the characters of Life is Strange, or do you like the story? I think both work together to create something that uh, that uh, uh, works super well together. Like, it's not one or the other, it's both. Likewise, and if it's if it's between, if it's between, I mean, if I have to cut the beginner's guide to get both Soma and Life is Strange on there, I guess I can do that. All right. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk more than necessary about Undertale on here, uh, because I don't want to spoil that story, since, especially since we've already cut enough that it's gonna be on the list but yeah th- that story is fantastic it's multi-layered it's cool you should play it or you should watch your let's play <laughs> yeah um i think it's the best story here mm. um of this list possibly i think i think this i think i think this list has three very different very good stories Okay, I think Soma is a really good story. I think Undertale is a really good story. 
if you guys both feel incredibly strongly about Life is Strange, you can outvote me, but I think that story is bad. It's it's going to be a hard one for me because there are definitely parts of the structure in Life is Strange that it episode 2 episode 2 in Life is Strange is really bad and um also the beginner's guide is just such a unique abstract take and it it only lasts for an hour or something but it's one of the most clever hours I've ever played but at the same time, I don't think I've ever been as emotionally affected by a game as much as I have with Life is Strange. Aside yeah. from Supergiant stuff. Yeah, I, I very few games emotionally affected me like Life is Strange did as well. Colin, as for your statement, like, I, I've told you many times, if if you don't get what... If you don't like Life is Strange by the end of episode one, then you probably won't like Life is Strange. But... Mm-hmm. Episode 1 is not where the story of Life is Strange has has started working yet. If it takes to the episode 3 to get going, then that's a fucking trash story. Then they're fucking amateur writers, and they should be ashamed of themselves. It's, it, it's not... The story is not the important part until later on in it. Okay... Colin has kind of convinced me that the three should be Undertale, Life is Strange, and The Beginner's Guide. At least for me. But I think that Colin liked Soma better than Life is Strange, so it might not be as simple I mean, as that. I'm I'm willing to trade like I didn't I didn't play Undertale or I didn't play Soma or The Beginner's Guide. I read and watched stuff about them. So they both sound interesting to me. I think the Beginner's Guide sounds more interesting to me. Yeah. I think it. I think it is a more interesting story at the. I, at, I am. The I'm okay with cutting Soma. I would prefer to have it over Beginner's Guide, but I'm okay with either. Okay. Okay. I I think Undertale wins this category. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Aside from. I I have prob- I have qualms with the way that Undertale, has. I think that it's metaphors for JRPGs and the things that it tries to say about JRPGs are wholly uninteresting. And everything else other than that, it's it's very good other than that. Johnny, I broke it. Yeah, you you did. (laughs) I guess Undertale got eliminated. No. No, no, it didn't. Um, I just sorted the I sorted the sheet, and I'm leaving this alone now. We're done with this award anyway. Our winner is Undertale, and our runners up are Life is Strange and The Beginner's Guide. Okay. Now what? I feel like we should do best new character. Okay. I feel like we should get some energy into these proceedings with best new character. All right. Because this is going to be a fun one. So, best new character is probably our biggest... No, I guess it's a little smaller than best visuals, but it's a big category. Our nominees are Sans from Undertale, Papyrus from Undertale, Oroth the Winter Wyvern from Dota 2 Reborn, Chloe from Life is Strange, Bunny Lord from Not a Hero, D-Dog from Metal Gear Solid Five, Inspector Jenks from Contradiction Spot the Liar, Emily from Until Dawn, and Turing from Read Only Memories. Okay. I wanted to say Bunny Lord. We can cut Bunny Lord. Alright. He's good. He's great. Sure. But 
there's some fucking heavy hitters on this list. I really need to play Not a Hero because I love their other two games, Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie 2. It's really good. That's a good game. It seems really good. I watched Collins remit some. <laughs> <laughs> might I might do that later. Anyway, um Um Colin. Mm-hmm. We all know it is you and only you who would put a Dota 2 character on this list. <laughs> so, Oroth the Winter Wyvern, right? It's a Dota 2 character. She, yes, she is an ancient dragon. She was added this year. She is an ancient dragon who lives in a castle in the frozen north and attempts to write poetry and is really bad at it. She's incredibly powerful, incredibly wise, and an atrocious poet. And it's the fucking best. <laughs> and that's basically the extent of her character. I don't know that I would go that far. It basically is, and even now that we're cribbing from out-of-game comics to go that far, Colin. I don't, like, out-of-game comics, like, comics that were shipped alongside the patch by the makers of the game, I don't feel like that, I mean, like, that's not inside the, like, the the EXE, but they're part of the game. Yeah, but like, that is all her character is. Okay, um, yeah, the thing... She's sassy. Well, <laughs> she's, she's, she's fun, but like, she's she she's not a fully-fledged character the, the way several other on this list are. Alright, alright. She... If, if she gets more development, she could be a real contender. But I agree that she is underdeveloped. Okay. Um, also, while I disagree with Johnny in that, um, in outside material not counting, no, I, I do not think that it's. I'm hmm? not saying it doesn't count. I'm just saying that for the description that Colin gave, you are already going outside the game to get it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think it's better. I think it's better demonstrated outside the game. But all that stuff is in the game. Uh, kinda. Yeah, she's got unit response lines. I could quote them for you. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, anyway. um, she, ultimately, she's kind of like Bunny Lord in that she has a really funny note that she plays on, but it's not that in depth compared to the others. Yeah, more better than Bunny Lord, but yeah. Anyway, she's gone. Let's let's move on. Who else needs cutting? D Dog. Okay, if you play Metal Gear Solid 5, and then you stop playing Metal Gear Solid 5, and you come back a week later and boot up the game, the first thing that happens when you go back to Mother Base is your helicopter lands and then D-Doc tackles you, and Ocelot's like, man, he's been going crazy, he missed you so much. It's so good, oh, it's so heartwarming. That's, oh, man. that's great. pretty heartwarming. Um, uh... He's a wolf pup that you find in the wild, and you raise him and train him to be your dog, and he's got an eye patch, and he's fucking awesome. Let me tell you about a game called Half-Life 2. Okay. Half-Life 2 came out in 2004, I think. It was, at the time, incredibly lauded for its character, Alex Vance, who was basically... I've never heard of this game before, Johnny. I appreciate your education. Yes, me. yes, I know. It's very underground nowadays. Um... She she was basically written to be a character that uh, uh, that uh, that the player liked a lot because she treated the player super well all all the time, and basically was being sexy and cute and walking around Gordon Freeman and uh, flirting with him. 
And then over time people figured out that maybe that's not great writing. D-Dog is a dog, Johnny. What the hell do you want from him? Sure, he doesn't give me diatropes about philosophy. Jesus Christ. It's a dog. Exactly. It's a dog. It, and they do charming things with D-Dog, but it's not enough to keep it on the, keep D-Dog on this list compared to the rest of what's on this list. Uh, D-Dog's better than Papyrus. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Throw you off the boat. <laughs> What do you think, Jen, as a person who played Metal Gear Solid 5 and doesn't hate it without having ever touched a controller? Um I I have only recently got to D-Dog and there were some really cute moments with it, but and also I should clarify I've not gotten to the point where D-Dog has grown up enough to go on any missions. The last thing I saw oh, with man. it was uh was the dog trying to clamber on top of the into the helicopter and then falling down and then running back because he was too small? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At, like that is another thing is like a lot of these characters like oh you meet them and you have good moments right? D dog serves alongside you and in the field he's great and I'm not just talking about he's powerful like it is really great that he sniffs out enemies for you that's really great but like he has really good like. You can, like, sort of stop to pet him. You have great moments with him, like, tensing up when enemies are nearby. He conveys a lot when he's with you. He is the best dog that video games have ever done. And, frankly, that's better than most human beings that video games do. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) D-Dog. Best dog. (laughs) You know what? You've convinced me that it is at least more worthy than... One or two of the. How about options we hold off on it for now? Okay. We hold off on him for now. All right. I like. I don't need to see him on the top three, but I don't think he goes yet. At least. Okay. I'm shaking my head in protest. <laughs> He's really good, Johnny. <sighs> okay. Um. How do you feel about getting rid of Inspector Jenks? Inspector Jenks. Really complicated about Inspector Jenks is better than D Dog. Oof, that's a hard call. <laughs> <laughs> I think we eliminate Inspector Yanks and D Dog. The thing about Jenks is that um while it while the performance makes it one of the most entertaining performances we've probably seen in this year, at the same time it's it's not the character. Yeah, that actor yeah. is that. That actor is the best new character. Yeah. He's so yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's it's not that Inspector Yanks is a fantastic character. It's that the actor is doing a great deranged David Tennant impersonation all the time. It's so, it's so good. And it's fantastic, but like that's that's not. Yeah, I don't think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, we almost we almost put what was his name Ryan Rand. On the list from the same from also from Contradiction Spot the Liar because he's also amazingly hammy, but Jenks is better and Jenks doesn't make the cut. There's a bit where, yeah, the, he both both members of that family are fantastic. <laughs> Let's put it. There is a moment where Ryan Rand is arguing with Inspector Jenks and they're going back and forth in like a ham off contest, and then. Ryan Rand argues and swings his arm so enthusiastically that he split. He's like splashes his whiskey all over the place, and you're like, "God it's damn, like, you are fucking going for he's it!" He's basically emptying the entire glass without ever tipping it over. <laughs> 
It's so he good. just throws, throws all the content of the glass onto the floor. <laughs> and the rest of it comes out of his mouth. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, all right. Um, you guys are going to have to go to bat for Emily because I don't know until dawn. Okay, so Emily is... Emily... Well, the thing about characters in Until Dawn is that they all start out as pretty much... If you've ever seen a slasher movie like Scream or... Vapid Idiots? Yeah, you you get that impression of them, but as you continue to play through them and spend a lot of time with them, much more time than you would ever spend in an actual slasher movie, they really develop their own... It somehow makes you... Well, let me put it this way. Most fans in, of slasher movies, there's there's a running joke about how we're pretty much all rooting for the villain to kill all these stupid teens. It actually turns it around and makes you want these teens to get out alive because they... Emily especially, she comes off as initially this really annoying, whiny person who gets into fights all the time and is just difficult for the sake of being difficult. But then you see what she has to go through. And when she cops an attitude with someone who at one point tries to shoot her and she just smacks them down and basically says stuff like four point roll on a 4.0 on a roll, bitch. It just, you're like, yeah, yeah, you should be like this you're kind of along for the ride and you just want to high five her for everything she says at, at one point. I, I, I like where she goes. I, I don't know. Like she's good. I'm just looking at the rest of this list and going, Hmm. Well, I will say that with undertale, there's only going to be one that makes that list, so just keep that in Is mind. That... We don't have a rule about that. I feel like there are there are enough interesting characters on this list that to give two to Undertale and only one to the rest of it would be a great disservice to the rest of this list. So, like, here, here's my thing. I'm not even sure that um, that Emily is actually my favorite until Dawn character. Which one's your favorite Until Dawn character? I, I might like Sam more. I liked Sam a lot. Sam was... I liked Sam too. The thing is that Sam is also... She's also the character that you always end up rooting for within these sort of media. And she, of all the characters in it, she has the least development. She's the one that is pretty that, much the goody two But only because she's the only person who at the start of the game isn't a complete twat. Yeah. It, it's it's basically, of all the characters, ironically, she is the one that happens to fall most in line with the slasher trope because she starts as the goody two-shoes person who doesn't seem like she sleeps around a bunch and that's automatically code and that that sort of thing like it or not for this person is going to live and this is the person you should be rooting for and she pretty much stays that throughout the whole thing i that trope sucks yeah i I agree i i I still think the character is great and i don't know i i i really like how she changes 
to towards the epilogue, especially if not everyone makes it out. Ah. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um I I know very little about this. Well, I have, I have seen very little of this game. I can offer almost nothing. Okay. I um, I I I've, I I think we don't cut Emily yet, but we don't say that she's in the top three either. Okay. Yet, like. I this list is small enough that I'm wondering. I mean, like we can do that. I just I want to remind you of how small this list yeah. is. Yeah, uh, we're gonna come back to it pretty soon, but I I okay. I'm uncertain on a few things. Okay. Do we think Turing is good enough? I don't. Ben, I think I agree. I really like. Yeah. Okay. I really like Turing. I, it's there are others that I prefer over him. Yeah, I. To me, like, we did a podcast about it. If you are on this podcast feed, you can check it out. Read-only memories, to me, is a bunch of mispotential, and Turing is part of that. So... Sans Papyrus, Chloe, D-Dog, Emily. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm fine with eliminating Emily over the rest of these. I would be fine with a list of Sans Papyrus Chloe. Hmm. I think I think Ben might kill us if we put more than one Undertale character on this list. I think I mean it's possible. <laughs> but like <laughs> I think all three of us know that Undertale does characters better than any other game this year. It just does. Oh. It just does. Oh. I don't know. So that's close. Like Life is Strange is pretty fucking good, man. My is the strangest. Like maybe Chloe. All the other characters I met in Life is Strange are fucking terrible. They're bad. I, I feel like let, like they do the job. Let's say that. Christ. Let's say that that a lot of characters in Life is Strange have late character development. Okay, fine. I, I, that's every time we talk about Life is Strange, it's gonna be like episode 3, 4, and 5 are great. The fact that two fifths of the game is fucking garbage don't matter. I like the first Colin episode. I get to have an opinion. I, I don't think uh, me or Ben think that the first two episodes are garbage. Garbage is obviously too strong. I was being a little melodramatic, but like, they're. <sighs> Chloe is good. Episodes 1 and 2 of Life is Strange are pretty interesting and pretty good, and 3, 4, and 5 elevate them from pretty interesting and pretty good to, oh my god, this game is pretty amazing. Agreed. (sighs) Maybe I'll give it another shot before we record the proper Game of the Year stuff, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. Chloe belongs on this list. Okay. In fact, I think I'm going to give a circle to Chloe, because I think we want Chloe on the final list. Yeah, I think all of us do. I I I want Sans on the final list. Yes. Uh, before we do uh, that, okay. I just want to say mm-hmm. my problem with Sans. I think Sans sure. is very entertaining. I think he has some of the best lines. I think that he has one of the best character moments if you happen to be doing one of the types of, the, of playthroughs. I also think that 
he is kind of too perfect. Not as in too perfect as in too good of a character, but too perfect as in he doesn't exactly have a whole lot of flaws to him. He he doesn't really have anything that you can grapple onto that's like, this guy is kind of messed up in this certain way, and that makes him better. Papyrus has this whole thing where Papyrus is kind of an idiot, and that really works well with him because you end up loving his idiocy and really you you really sympathize with him and his needs to his overwhelming need to be seen, be recognized, be awesome essentially. Sans, Sans is Sans is the most I, damaged character in Undertale. Yeah. Sans like listen, I really hate spoiling Undertale, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do this, yeah, you be, know? Be, please be vague. Uh it's a game of the year podcast. I Johnny Johnny no. Uh, this hurts me so much. <laughs> Sans is a character who has spent so much time understanding and worrying about the bigger problems of this world that he is he has difficulty like he's really lazy, he's re- he's kind of a flake, he's really like comically flippant because he can't give a shit about the small stuff. He, he not only that, he is depressed and he's depressed because he like he's depressed because he knows that all the small stuff doesn't matter because he knows what's going on yes sans is sans has fucking issues yeah like serious fucking issues i mean flowey has issues but flowey's issues are so on the surface and obvious Sans has deep-rooted fucking issues that he hides by being a comical uh, yakass. Sans is a is a character who has convincing coping mechanisms in a video game. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's so good. I guess I must have missed a part when I was playing through because or watching other people play through too because I never really got to that part of a full, under, a full understanding of Sans as a character requires playing through uh, all three, all three uh, versions of that game from start to finish. And paying a fair bit of attention. Yeah. Like, certainly playing through normally, he just seems like this goofy guy who at one point gets kind of serious on you. And you're like, huh, I wonder what his deal is. And that's really all you yeah, get. Yeah, th- there are a couple points that he gets serious, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Sans is... Sans is unbelievably good. Yeah, they hide it between behind what seems like a super obvious yoke character, but they, they yeah, it's it's fantastic. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. All right, uh, you two have sold me. Okay, I think we have to cut Papyrus, like not just because of Ben, but because like let's let's be fair. Two Undertale characters is probably a little much. Yeah. So, we have two, one slot left. We have two characters. We have D-Dog and Emily. I vote Emily. <laughs> I vote D-Dog. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to be the tiebreaker. Uh-huh. You know what to do. <laughs> you know what the right decision here is. Well, I will give that D-Dog is incredibly cute and the things that they do with it. 
I assume it's a male dog. Um, but I don't know if they ever say yeah. that, but yeah. 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 I mean, okay, can I just real quickly say, like, there, it is not necessarily the wrong call, but I feel like there is a tendency to bias towards more complex characters, well, as D-Dog is not a super complex character, there is no element of him that is not perfectly executed. Yeah, that's that's a tough one because I feel like I feel like both of them have this. I, I feel like both of them have this kernel to them where you essentially you literally watch D Dog grow and then you watch Emily grow emotionally. And uh, um, I, I, I I feel like Emily is the only Until Dawn character on this list. But really, like, I would just, like, delete her name and place every Until Dawn character in that slot instead. Like, it, it's just... It's the be... only time I've seen, like, believable uh, a believable rendition of, like, teen horror done in a video game. And they go so much further with it than uh, real horror movies do. <laughs> See, but my problem with that is, oh, I, I, I guess, just like we had to talk in detail about about Undertale, if I have to, if I have to talk about why every character of Until Dawn does not belong in this list, I'm gonna have to spoil Until Dawn for Colin. Oh, I'm, I'm not actually, it's I'm fine. not actually arguing that we should put it there. I'm saying that Emily should be, like, I want Emily on that list as the representative of Until Dawn. Okay, I've. I feel like Until Dawn, if, if we're going to... I feel like Until Dawn does some unfortunate things in terms of mental health, but... Yes, but that's... Yeah, that, that's I think that's... That's... I feel like that's a plot thing more than a character thing. Like, possibly. I feel like that. I feel like that's more like just adhering to the standard plot structure of horror more than it is like these characters are badly written. Hmm. It, it's it's like almost like Until Dawn is a game that operates very firmly within that uh, archetype of story and that comes with those problems and those problems should be criticized but I don't think that I, I don't think that that's what these characters are about does that I make sense? Al- yeah um also, in in terms of slightly in favor of Metal Gear Solid Five, I just want to say that. Um, well, I think that from what I've played so far, granted I'm still really early into Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm not anywhere close to done with it. Um, I feel like D Dog is the only character I've seen that has any growth or any interesting character at all. Like, absolutely, no one else on Metal Gear Solid 5 would even be... None of these... No part of any of these lists will have anything from Metal Gear Solid 5 on them. Yeah. Spoilers, Colin. Spoilers. (laughs) I'm fine about spoiling my own content. No Metal Gear Solid 5. Okay. um... Except D-Dog. I do... I do see... I do see what Colin's talking about with D-Dog being pretty perfectly executed. 
Like, every time he's on screen, I immediately light up, and it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun. sure, but he's a cute dog, and I don't know. <laughs> Johnny hates dogs. No, no I, I, have a, I, know, I have very ki- complex feelings about dogs. <laughs> you do, that is certainly true. Uh, but I, I, like, as much as I love cute cats, and I like cute cats a hell of a lot more than I like cute dogs, I would not put a cute dog... Dag. <laughs> I would not put a cute cat on this list either. I think, ultimately, it's... Well, I think that D-Dog is really great. I also need to say that I have played through the entirety of Until Dawn, and Colin is the only one who has played through the entirety of Metal Gear Solid Five, and... All the moments I've seen with D-Dog are great. I have not been able to see his full potential, so ultimately, I would probably have to go with Emily. Okay. If I'm being outvoted, then that's that. I, I think I think it's hard to to like do a list of what Scanline Media as an aggregate thinks about something and then have us vote on a, a something that most of us don't have a full understanding of. Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just want to reiterate to Colin, to Colin then, that, yeah, if I had played more Metal Gear Solid Five, there might be a very good chance that D-Dog would be head and shoulders above Emily, but... Okay, so now, so now we're, we need to come up with a winner here. It's Sans. We're done. I agree. Okay. I, I thought I, I thought Ben would, would be... Hard to convince her, but no, now, okay. I mean, if nothing else, Ben is saving his energy. <laughs> the thing is, I'll, the thing I'll say this early is that, if nothing else, I mean, I'll say that the story and characters are not the problem that I have with Undertale. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, sure. We 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 tried to spoil as little as we could while making our arguments play Undertale, Sans is so fucking good. And every... Johnny and I think just about everything else about Undertale is really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog thinks that Undertale's pretty great, too. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Three out of the four members of Scanline Media. <laughs> okay. God, that um, <laughs> <laughs> so, for best new character, our winner is Sans from Undertale, and our runners-up are Chloe from Life is Strange and Emily from Until Dawn, kind of on behalf of the entire Until Dawn cast. Kind of. Okay. Not the entire, Chloe but is definitely Chloe is definitely not on behalf of the entire Life is Strange cast. Chloe, Chloe is on behalf know. of Chloe. Chloe would never be on behalf of anyone else. <laughs> I liked Max, but that's my bit. Oh, that I'm, I'm, be I'm making a joke about her character. Oh yeah, I was Chloe, just talking Chloe about Chloe would Colin. never be on behalf of anyone else. <laughs> Oh yeah. So, okay. Do we want to talk best music? So I've added in two tracks in form of YouTube links to the notes on this because I felt like that would be helpful, and nobody else did that, and I no. didn't even finish <laughs> that. <sighs> I mean, I've heard the music from all these games. I have played. For one category... Okay, actually, I haven't played Flight Wrench, have I? Um, let me just read our list of nominees. Wait, wait, wait. 
Colin, I think we should take a break and we should assemble some links to these this so we can actually do this because I'm gonna need some refreshers for some of this. Okay, let's take a break. Do 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 Seriously, like we can't do no. Seriously, no. I just did that. We're we're like we're on break. Are we still? I'm gonna stop my recording. Are we gonna stop recording? We're on break. Okay.